0: You're listening to the Hotard Huddle Podcast, presented by me, Michael Hotard. Check it out as we dive into sports, movies, music, TV, and more. This is the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Bringing it in, it's time for the Hotard Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Hotard. Back for another episode, and joining me today is my buddy, Brian Maurice who is a realtor based out of New Orleans. So we're going to dive into some real estate, um, kind of talk about what he does. He's a man of many hats. He's also a singer, you know, like Jimmy's brother from Scottsdale. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Brian, you used to be a teacher. So you've kind of done a, several things, kind of like me, I guess, in a sense of just kind of switching careers, changing changing it up since you've left good old... uh louisiana state university go tigers go tigers but nah man i'm happy to have you on and uh you know i'm excited to talk with you you and i've known each other for shit dude forever in a day used to ride the same bus used to bicker at each other when we were like six but you know
1: those were the glory days
0: (laughs) (laughs) um but no man um well, starting it off, you know, just kind of tell people a little bit about what you're doing now with, uh, with the XP and you know, what you got going on
1: with real estate. Yeah. So it's been a, a pretty wild ride. Um, after leaving teaching, it was something that, um, you know, I just wanted to make a leap for my family, be a little more, um, let a little more of my imagination kind of fly. And, uh, real estate's allowed me to do that. It's become a a vehicle for me to to meet more people make more connections and um, you know kind of serve my community a little a little more as well uh, so it's it's been fun and uh, of course you know besides the buying and selling um, I have some partners that we we also buy real estate ourselves and we've been taking more projects on to um, you know flips and investments and things like that and we got a lot of a lot of projects in the works that we'll uh we'll probably eventually get to <laughs> <laughs> such is life it's a lot of hurry up and wait but um
0: for you specifically now you focus uh, pretty much on the gno for the most part you you kind of tap you're tapped into metairie new orleans d'estrehan to some degree so um you know, as far as getting into real estate, what was kind of the biggest hurdle or maybe fear for you leaving a career such as teaching?
1: Uh, well, yeah. Leaving when I did was a, a a pretty wild time. Uh, Peyton was, I think three or four months old and, um, I don't know, something I'm a, I'm like a real gut feeling person when I feel something that, that's right. So it was it was kinda weird the last day of school. I don't I don't think even Christy knew that I was gonna <laughs> gonna hang it up, but we we had talked about it and um it just seemed like the right time and the right right opportunity. Everything was it was sort of aligning and um for events that would happen later it, it, it was certainly the right choice and, and um I'm I'm happy. Happy doing what I'm doing for sure.
0: Well, one of the things you and I always kind of talk about, uh, because both of us work in careers where we have flexibility with our schedule, we're not confined to an office or a desk for eight hours a day. Um, but one of the dynamics that you and I always kind of talk about is the fact that, okay, well, you kind of got to stay on top of yourself because there are days where it's just like, ah. (laughs) <laughs> next thing you know you're looking at the clock it's 12 o'clock and you're like oh i'm a bum i didn't do shit today
1: yes it's the it's like the greatest part of being in the commission-based you know and it's also the worst part because <laughs> you have to keep yourself in check if you're and i'm a, i'm a person that's all over the place all the time <laughs> so uh if i my wife will be like uh brian what are you doing like i just asked you to do <laughs> this and i'm you know i'm in another room but um, yeah, you know, it's, it's beautiful that on, on some days you can say, you know what, I, I just want to go do something for myself today. But, um, as long as you devote a certain amount of time per day to, um, you know, lead generating as, as you know, then, uh, the rest kind of takes care of itself.
0: Yeah. Now with, with you guys, so EXP, there's, it's you along with several other people that are on y'all's real estate team now. You know, one of the things you and I kind of talk about is you're actively sort of seeking more and uh to get people to join the team and stuff like that. So kind of what's that process been like, you know, as far as building and expanding y'all's team with EXP?
1: Yeah, it's a very uh it's a very interesting brokerage. Uh it doesn't really function like any other. It's it's nationwide. It's actually in several different countries now. So in the UK and in Australia, New Zealand, those those areas. So um, it's branching out. But the, but the fact is, it's one brokerage under one umbrella. So you could be licensed in many states, but you fall under one brokerage, one cap, um, and it's all cloud based. It's something that I we're seeing so many industries move towards. Is where um, you know. The connection, the connectability. It's no longer you're no longer confined to your own backyard. Now you can make connections in other places and and build your business in other places. As we've done, our team now is in uh, I believe five different states. Um, so we're we're branching out. We're growing the team. We're we're trying to build um, a network of you know trusted individuals that that go as far as you know, as it allows us, because we all know someone who, we just spoke the other day, how, you know, well, I don't, I don't know if I should (laughs) say about you moving to,
0: oh yeah, it's fine.
1: Uh, you know, about you have, we have friends that move out of state. Well, what do they do? You know, do they have someone you trust? And we can say, yes, we do. And we know someone in Georgia, we know someone in Texas and it allows us to expand our influence in other places, I guess. Yeah.
0: now, you um you know you were out in Texas for a little while for some personal reasons, and that was one of the things you did and um one of the things that you had asked my company to help you with was targeting targeting some realtors out there because you were doing some training seminars basically so um you know you were hosting these these luncheons where basically mm-hmm. they would just come in and you'd explain to them what exp does and you wound up having a good turnout. So, um, you know, just kind of talk a little bit about that. And, you know, I guess from a standpoint of kind of seizing that opportunity, cause I know you had said, well, if I'm going to be out there, I might as well do some work and try to make something of this. So yeah, it,
1: it was a, a unique situation where, um, you know, real estate doesn't normally work that way. Once you stop, uh, if you stop working, those checks start—you know—they stop coming in, and so you have to constantly be be generating new business. But uh, yeah, my company offers the opportunity to generate business outside of just buying and selling homes. So when we were in Houston for for six weeks, suddenly I turned to expanding the team, and and that was great because it was important for me to be there with my family in Houston but at the same time um you know bills bills are coming in there that's one one thing that's constant is is bills so um yeah having that flexibility because at some point um in our lives we're all going to be interrupted by something um and so to be able to have a career that you can work around these things i think is pretty pretty special
0: absolutely man i mean you know um with, with my business cause with the marketing and being able to work from home, being able to have that flexibility, flexibility that you're kind of talking about. I mean, you know, you know, as well as I do and in, in your situation, you know, you've obviously had some hurdles you've had to overcome. Um, but with kids, there's always hurdles, you know, oh, yeah. it, the second you feel <laughs> like you're fine, it's like, oh, okay, great. Now we got to go to the doctor <laughs> to get this checked out or, Oh, like, uh, dude, it was funny. I mean, nothing happened from it or anything. I didn't have to stop my work day. But I get a call um, recently. And he was pinched by another kid at daycare. You know, it's, 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 it's part of the day to day interruptions that come. But that's the beauty of working for yourself as if it was something more than him just getting pinched. I get the call, and they're like, yeah, he's fine. You know, just got pinched, got a little mark. All right, cool. Rub some dirt on it. He'll be fine.
1: <laughs> get um, back in the game. Right, exactly. Get back
0: <laughs> in the game. But, you know, if if something is more serious, you have that that ability to just be like, all right, well, this can wait till tomorrow. Let me yes. go take care of this instead of having someone breathe down your neck and just scream, like, no, you can't do that or you can't do this. Yeah, it's, so. it's
1: never mind the instability of everyone's lives but when you had a kid a kid's the wild card oh without a doubt you never know what you're gonna get there (laughs) but but it's it's the best part about having a kid as well too oh no doubt the things that they come up with are just uh
0: dude it's something different every single day man they um you know they get in these habits and get in these little phrases like one of the things that cracks me up about finn is he um he likes to use the word "actually," like he'll <laughs> he'll say he'll he'll point to one something he'll be like, "Oh, fruit snacks." Actually, I'm like,
1: <laughs> wrong context, buddy. <laughs> I'm like,
0: what? Because and he's picked up on it from me, I think, because in the morning, kind of like you, you're all over the place. I'm kind of the same way a lot of the times, but I'll get him ready in the mornings, and I'm like, "All right, cool, let's do this." Oh, wait, actually, let's do this. So now because I'm saying that, I mean, he's just basically oh, they, copying off me and They dude, pick
1: up every little thing you say and do and you got to you got to watch yourself, especially dude. at this age. <laughs> I said it,
0: I think I said what the hell in front of him last night <laughs> and he starts saying what the but he didn't finish it and I just looked at Melissa and we both just got that wide-eyed look of <laughs> of shit, here we go.
1: Got to get that filter on for right. sure.
0: <laughs> but no, man, they're they're fun, but that's I mean with kids that like I said, that's the best part of uh you know, just kinda going in a business for yourself is being able to have all that flexibility because dude once kids come around <laughs> I mean obviously people have jobs where they don't have the flexibility and manage to handle everything, but it's a commodity to have it. And, I mean you need it in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, and that was really the the driving force behind you know, Christy and I both changed jobs. She's teaching online now. I'm doing this. The driving force was when we had Peyton, we wanted um, more time with her and, and then more money to do things. You know, it was a driving factor. An unfortunate part of teaching is, you know, the money is, the money's tough. You got to find other ways to, um, to make things work. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Kids are great.
0: Well, with teaching, so let's let's dive into that. I mean, obviously, you have plenty of people we know that get into teaching. I, I can think of plenty of people I graduated with or knew from high school who are now teaching mm-hmm. at that high school. Um, you also taught at the high school I went to, which was Destrahan, and, you know, Christy was there with you as well, and, you know... With with teaching, I guess you talk about the, the pay scale and things like that. Obviously, you, you always want more. I mean, I'm constantly trying to dig for ways to find more. But, you know, that's tough because, like you said, you're kind of confined. Because, I mean, you you got there at what time each day?
1: Uh, I'd probably get there 545 or so, six, you know, 6 a.m.
0: So so you're getting there early. I mean, you can't even you don't even have the luxury of dropping off your child to daycare cuz you have to get there so early. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I mean, you know, when Peyton was going to same daycare as Finn, I mean, they can't get in there till 7. So, Yep. You know.
1: We'd have uh we'd have some special arrangements. Exactly. Uh, the teachers always had some uh some special leeway oh, okay, because okay. They, you know, they knew uh they knew it was it was hard to get there and then and then get to school. Yeah. So, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, but, uh, but that's also part of, um, I think the, uh, the world we live in now, you you know, one income isn't going to do it anymore, but also technology has allowed that to be so much more possible as well. It's no longer, you know, I'm working three uh, jobs going from place to place to place. It's like, no, you know, I'm doing this while I'm also doing this. So, it's I think everyone has to look at a second source of income now but there's plenty of things that are very possible to do with with minimal time as well. yeah
0: yeah and I think that's the biggest thing it's just kind of maximizing that time too and figuring it out like I was saying a second ago I mean I constantly try to dig for ways that I can possibly make more in fact you know I just um, I had an interview. Uh, not really an interview. It was very informal. It was more just a pitch of, hey, here's what we got. You know, is it something... Trying to figure out if it's something that's feasible and if it's not. And it wasn't. But um, long story short, one of one of uh, Melissa's old high school teachers, also her neighbor, put in a word for me for with someone who works for a company that does a lot of commission-based work. Mm-hmm. And get the call. You know, they tell me a little bit about the company, what it is, stuff like that. And it was, it was good, but you know, it, it would have had to dedicate 60 hours a week to grow the business. And it's like, all right, well, yeah, right. I already have another business I'm trying to grow. So it's not feasible, but it's, it's keeping those options open because, you know, like you said, you kind of need that second source of income now. I mean, you know, making between 80 to a hundred thousand isn't getting you very far in this day and age at least not what it was 20 30 40 years ago
1: yeah but i, th- I think as you get older the the most important thing you realize is is your time you yeah know? your time is just so valuable time with your family time to you know do the things you want to do and uh money helps you get there oh without a, doubt, without a doubt <laughs> but uh, but you know you, you got to be flexible and and, uh, you know, teaching was wonderful. It, it really was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, you know, every day I spent a Destrehan, De- Destrahan was a family to me and, and still is a family to me. All those people I still stay in regular touch with. Um, they become a lot of clients now actually for me. Um, and, uh, I try to go back and I try to get back when I can. And, um, but that was you know a, a teaching job where I kind of made time work as well is, is kind of when I started to get into real estate. You know, Christy and I bought our first house. It was a foreclosure. we, um, we decided to live in it for two years as we slowly fixed it up and, and sold it, and you know made a, made a nice profit on it, and it was kind of like, okay, let's let's do this again, you know And so my summers off of teaching became, what's the next project? Let's get our hands dirty. And let's kind of keep this rolling, and so when I met that crossroads of you know what's next, it was sort of like it was right in front of my eyes the whole time so so that's sort of when the real estate career began. It was actually long before I became an agent is is when i uh when I started, so
0: and it kind of started with you flipping your own properties essentially, yeah, yeah, a, basically in mm-hmm. a certain sense, and yeah, i mean that's that's something I've heard. From more than one person in fact one of the you know guys i used to work with um for a long time he was considering hopping in with someone who he he knew through another business relationship and it was flipping properties you know it's Easy way. I mean, I'm not going to say easy way to make money, but it's it's a good way to make money if you have the resources and the funding in order to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, but simply, um, you know, everyone's involved in real estate in some form or fashion. Um, it, is, it is undoubtedly, you know, that all the numbers and whatever you want to pull out prove it, that real estate is um, – the safest and most profitable investment that anyone can make in their lives because yeah. one, you need a place to live and there are ways for almost anyone to, to buy a home and right. simply by owning a home and living there, your investment is growing yeah. in, in something that you need. So it's, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's made more people money than, than probably anything on earth, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, with, um, I guess with real estate playing off of that point too is rental properties. You know, I, I hear, I hear stories of, you know, people, and of course, these are people that are, that are older because, well, if you're buying a house at our age, chances are you're paying on that for a while unless you sell it. Um, (laughs) but you know, you hear stories of people selling houses that are paid off stuff like that. And I'm just like, Why? (laughs) <laughs> Why on earth would you do that? That's an opportunity for you to just, hey, you want to live in my old house? Great. Here, pay me 1500 a month, you know? <laughs> yeah. it's Now, granted, of course, there's stresses that come with renting, which is a completely different avenue that we could get into. But, you know, with rental property, I mean, that's, that's not, I don't want to say passive income because I don't think it's quote unquote passive income because the second you start feeling comfortable Well, it something's d- going to break.
1: It does require attention. Yeah, but attention at the end sure. of the
0: day, it's still a hefty amount of money coming in that you can always put back into something else and at least have something steadily ready, ready and available to you.
1: Yeah. I think back, but back to your other point and also kind of tying in education as we talked before, I was amazed when I started this job of how many people just don't know that, you know, they, they don't understand, um, Sort of what it means to buy a home, other than it it takes an absorbent amount of money, yeah, and it's not always the case um and also you know how much money you're losing by renting mm-hmm. um i mean you're basically you're you're taking your money and you're throwing it in the trash can yeah. <laughs> you know and it's you know it's 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 necessary when you first start off you know we uh, Christie and I've rented in 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 a couple of places, but um there's so many people who who know so little about the home buying process and also about the taking care of your money process, and, and that ties into education. I think that's something that needs to be taught more in schools, that uh, how to handle your money. I, I recently revisited uh, Rummel, my alma mater, uh, for career day, and they didn't do this when I was there, but, but now they're offering, uh, they do a whole career day where basically different job fields come in and talk about what they do to give kids a taste of of the profession that's awesome which i think is great but also they follow that up with um financial planning and it's actually sort of not only part of career day but part of the curriculum now you know very practical things how to do your taxes what's a retirement account how do i start saving um does um you know leaving your money the old you know the old adage save your money get a savings put it in the account that actually is very ineffective you need to f- you need to find ways to put your money to work for you uh because if you just leave it in a savings account you know people have older people have fifty hundred thousand dollars maybe even more that's sitting in a savings account they're actually losing money by just leaving it there and not putting it to work you know your the inflation is outpacing the the interest that they're getting on their uh their money so it's it's uh i'd like to see more of that being taught in in schools at the high school level so that these kids are ready because uh i I talk to so many people even our age and they don't they don't understand um just the very basics of of doing that so yeah you know it's
0: well i mean on one hand too you know, because this is obviously getting into the realm of education and talking about what should be taught in schools and stuff like that. That's something that's always going to be debated. But Oh, yeah, this
1: could last forever. Yeah, <laughs>
0: with, without a doubt. Um, but, you know, that's, that's one of the th- common things that gets brought up and, you know, dumbing it down to seeing memes on Facebook even. I see people share the memes of, Oh, they didn't teach me this in school, or they should teach me this, and it's always talking about finances <laughs> and stuff like that, yeah, and I think it's important, but I also think there are a lot of people out there who I feel like undervalue the aspects of education that a math or a science can get because oh yeah the and and again it comes to a balance i'm not saying ignore it but that's also something that should i guess be taught from a parents perspective too and i feel like that's that gets lost in translation oh, a lot
1: absolutely and
0: um unfortunately you have uh kids like who live in inner cities stuff like that who just don't have that kind of guidance either in school or at home and that's the tough part that's who gets left behind a lot of these times but uh as far as you know the education process i mean yeah i think i think there 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 does need to be more uh education as far as careers kind of what your future looks like beyond just college because yeah. you know it was vaguely touched on i can remember when i was in school it was all about college 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 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know i and i think one of the shifts you're going to see now too because of how many of us went to college, is you're going to see a lot more of the other generations bypassing college, getting into business earlier. Oh, yeah, Uh, it's happening already. Yeah, for sure. Just because it's, you know, how many of us wasted so much money? I mean, I I have student loan debt out the ass for a degree that, well, I'm using for a personal blog.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, well, my job, for instance, doesn't require a college degree. You yeah. have um, you have high producing agents in New Orleans and beyond making a million dollars a year, and they never went to college. Yeah. And uh, but no, I, I don't discount the fact of the things you gain. Like you said, it's all it's it's all about a balance. You know, cool. all the things they teach. Um, there's there's never going to be this perfect education system where we plug a kid in they come out the other end a you know a genius it doesn't work that way you you kind of nailed it with the the parental involvement a lot of it mm-hmm. just raise your kid to be a decent human being and the rest kind of takes yeah. care of itself well with education
0: specifically too it's you know, people rail all the time and I'm guilty of this. I've done this. I did it in school. Oh, I don't need math. Like, what do I need that for? What do I need trigonometry for? Yeah. But the reality is these, these different fields of subject, I mean, what it does is it allows students and kids to begin critical thinking skills. And I think that's such a lost form of form of thinking in today's society people want everything kind of handed to them on a silver platter they don't do the research they don't know how to look at something that's abstract and this this devolves into you know business politics everything there's nothing black and white you know you have to be able to look at something and say you know Okay, maybe it's this way, but it's also this way. So where do we find the middle ground here? And yeah, that's essentially what the education process. That's a loss.
1: That's a lost art these days. But oh yeah, that's something I, I I preach to my kids on a daily basis. It's a, it's not necessarily about what you're going to use this you know use this material for. It's more about life is going to present you every day with things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so right now. Your life is as simple as I don't want to go to math class and I don't want to do this, but later on it's going to be something i don't want to do my taxes, I yeah. don't want to balance my checkbook you know but so life is filled with those things, but at the end of the day, you got to figure it out yeah. and and education gives you the um you know the tools to figure it out and and then the the opportunities that will pre- present themselves because now, of
0: that now you uh for you as far as education goes, you taught science correct. I did, yes. Yeah. And you used to do your uh I had a history little... degree, a okay, minor in okay. science,
1: but I wound up teaching science. And uh, science is just a, a love of... It's always been a love of mine, too. I actually... Okay. Uh, I started out in the in the medical field in, in college, actually. So it was always something that highly interests me. So it, it was not a... Um, it wasn't a punishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a blast.
0: Well, now, you used to do... Because I used to see the videos pop up and... A little backstory here. So Brian and I, you know, went to grammar school together and we're friends back then. Once I left that school, kind of lost touch, Um, became friends on Facebook some years later. And then, you know, what, about a year and a half, two years ago, maybe we reconnected, became friends and still are friends now. Um, But I used to see the videos... Uh, that would get posted you being tagged in or you sharing them yourself of you doing raps in class about science and dude I used to die laughing at those but just because like like I didn't know you at that point as far as once we kind of grew up but I'm like yeah this dude hasn't changed since we were in fourth grade so it was always funny to just kind of see that so talk a little bit about those because it seemed like everyone kind of loved it cuz I used to see other teachers tagging you, you know, the kids obviously reacted to it well. So it it made it it made education fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I tried to make it fun every day, but but ultimately it was a way to connect with them. You know, you have to um before you teach anything, you have to connect with these kids on a on a on a personal level. You know, you need to you need to understand them. And you need to um, convey to them that you you care. And sometimes that implies uh, using uh, <laughs> some unconventional methods. And, uh, yeah, there was all sorts of things I tried. Um, you know, rapping was one. I, I tried to do one for every test, and I'd include the material. And some of the kids were like, man, you know, I would get this stuck in my head, and on the test, here I am uh, rapping about, uh, cells and, uh, <laughs> and the, rapping uh, about the Golgi apparatus. And, uh, <laughs> and it just clicked. And it it was a way that I also learned when, when I was in school, I would make up these stupid raps or these poems in my head and I'm on the test and I'm like, you silly son of a gun. I just remembered. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> so for a lot of kids, it was a, a learning tool for some. It was, just entertainment. And, um, and for others, it meant more that I could possibly understand. Uh, cause I, I still run it, run into these kids. Um, I ran into one the other day, actually, he's working, um, at Walmart and, um, he just sort of, when he saw me, it was like a man, it, it, it brought tears to my eyes. He was so happy to see me and I, and I was happy to see him. And, and that, connection that when you leave the classroom you think you kind of lose like these kids remember this stuff forever and it's it's really um it's it's definitely the biggest thing that i miss about being in the classroom
0: well the good thing is for teachers now especially situations like yours is well at the end of the day you still have access to all uh, well a lot of these kids because of social media because of facebook you know one of uh, you know i know you know this this person because you worked at the with him but uh mr plass he's one of the teachers that i've kept in contact with over over the years um you mean darth darth he uh <laughs> but yeah i mean he was so freshman year he was my advisory teacher so you know i and they may they may have still done it with you there where well what was it once a month you sit in your advisory classroom for like forty five minutes to an hour, yeah, um yeah, and all it is it's hey, what's going on in your life? what can I do to help like it's uh, let's call it what it is, it's
1: a group therapy session, yeah <laughs> actually, yeah, um it, it became uh it became very structured when I was there of like these in. Now that they can't fire me, I'll I'll say that I I didn't uh, <laughs> didn't follow those all the time. It was more of a yeah, like a group therapy. It just sort of checking in with them and uh, you know what's going on with your life, like what what challenges are y'all facing, and and it, it took a while to get them to actually talk, but you know by the end they they really start opening up and.
0: Well, yeah, I mean when you're going once a month, you know. Yeah, because you're at least when I was there, you were with a lot of people whose last names started with the same letter because they did it in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. Um so <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting there with some people I knew, some people I didn't, but by the end of, you know, the school year when we'd have the little parties and stuff like that, like we're all bullshit and having a good time and you know, it's it was a good distressor. I mean that's a that's another tough part I guess of uh I, actually, I, I'll rephrase that. I don't think it's a tough part, but it's something to be mindful of too. when when you're an adult dealing with teenagers, is you know, one of the things that kind of drives me nuts, and I'm sure I'm going to be guilty of this one day with my children when they're teenagers, <laughs> but devaluing their problems yes. and being like, well, it's not that bad to a 17 year old. Yeah, their girlfriend fighting with them is bad. Them getting an F on a test is bad. It's like us missing a home payment. Like the,
1: the perfect uh, analogy to this would be, um, I don't know if you've listened to, you know, I know you're a fan of Bill Burr as well. Yeah, he said, um, he said he saw this. Uh, the sketch started with a kid lost his balloon, started crying, and the parent said, "You know, quit crying. It's just a balloon." <laughs> and it's like to equate that to a child, it was like. Uh, Or to an adult is like, I just tied this balloon to your wallet and it just started zipping up into the skies and you're like, oh my God, my wallet. (laughs) But it is, it's, it's the things that seem, you know, meaningless to you. They, you forget, you forget being in their shoes sometimes. And uh, that was one of the, um, one of the easier parts of being a young teacher is uh, that it, I was so relatable because I was not very far removed. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, there's challenges of being a young teacher, but that was one of the the strengths that I still yeah. remembered kind of what that felt like. But the but truth is, you know, I, I started every class of every day um, with 10 minutes just to hear about what they're doing and how they feel and call it wasted time. Maybe that doesn't fit with the um, – the state curriculum or whatever they, uh, they have now. <laughs> I think it's probably changed three times since I left in a, in a year and a half. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I found that to be so beneficial. And, and that came from a teacher I had that meant so much to me, miss, miss Melanie, a I don't know. Um, she would always take time or make time to hear about what we say. Even, yeah. even if we had like some grievances with something going on at school, it was like, Okay, what do you think about it? And then she would listen, you know she would take you seriously and i and I think to a kid that age, that is everything they want to be taken seriously
0: well, and I think that goes beyond kids that age too, just because the teachers you remember are the ones who took you seriously yeah. are the ones who would actually give a shit and listen you know i can, i I can go through you know pretty much year by year. Since first grade, and tell you which teachers I respected, which teachers I didn't, which teachers I wouldn't have mind lighting on fire. Yeah. Um, and you know it was funny because uh, one of the teachers, and I won't I won't name drop for the sake of well not outing them, but <laughs> one of the teachers in high school, and I also won't say which subject because I think it'll be a dead giveaway <laughs> to people that know or graduated with me, but. This particular teacher was kind of known for being a hard ass. And when I find out I had that person, I'm like, great. It's also one of my poorest subjects in school. So I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Double whammy. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I didn't get along with this teacher very well. And it eventually bowled over. Once I realized I was going to fail the class, it was, I was just like, all right, whatever. Who cares? Chalk it up as an owl like I'm just going to go to class, whatever. Well, it kind of boiled over. So we used to do an exercise in the morning, um, and people used to always get answers from one another on this particular exercise because it was literally a participation grade. It was worth five points or whatever it was. And I got the answer from someone because I didn't know the answer. So the teacher calls me out, for cheating and I'm just sitting in the back of the class I'm like oh you mean the since we do this every freaking day in this class and uh you know the teacher gets pissed at me uh it starts boiling over and I don't even remember the context of what was said and uh I was like whatever so I wind up getting kicked out of class sends me to in school uh suspension or detention whatever the hell you call it Um, and I go into the, the portable building in the back of the school where they host it. And (laughs) the person, the monitor over there, those
1: are, those are gone now, Mike. So,
0: oh man, that's disappointing. Yeah. That's, that's disappointing.
1: You can, uh, let this painful memory, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I get
0: in there, I get in the portable and they're like do you have any work no my teacher didn't give me any well go back and get some work you're not just gonna come in here and sit i don't think he's gonna do that but i'll try so i walked back and when i told him what teacher was the monitor's exact words were i'm so tired of this person (laughs) and said the name i was like geez so i walked back and uh in a class, the teacher ignores me completely. I'm literally standing at the board while the teacher's writing on the board, just kind of staring at him like Baby Yoda, looking up at him <laughs> like, "All right." So, and teacher eventually tells me to get the hell out of class. So I leave. I go back and told the monitor what happened. I come back after. I came to apologize for the record. <laughs> I came to apologize after the school day was up because you know I had an outburst. I called him an asshole in front of everybody when he sent me back to the... Uh, oh, jeez, my Yeah. So I go to apologize to him, and he doesn't want to hear it. And I was like, nah, I was right. You are an asshole. <laughs> and I walk out, and he <laughs> follows me. And I see him run into uh, the administrative office. And uh, we wind up having a parent-teacher conference That with my couldn't parents. have ended well. And his response to them was... No, I'm the adult, you're the student, you should always respect me no matter what. And I just looked at him, I'm like, nah, that's not how this works. (laughs) With my parents right there. And uh, yeah, so I failed and we didn't like each other. And then whenever I graduated, he tried to shake my hand. I'm like, no, dude, go the fuck away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's tough being a teacher, man. You you are managing so many personalities and under one roof with all the teenage angst going on and the you know the the drama here and there so it's 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 tough to manage it's tough
0: but again it's it's that line of respect on both parties i mean obviously with kids you have a lot of you know quick-witted emotional moody
1: yeah yeah
0: teenagers but at the same time too you also as a teacher it's like all right you kind of what you bargain for and, and there's yeah. a level of respect, and that's the thing. That's kind of the point I was making, though, was going through the years, I can think of all the teachers who always, no matter what, had the best interest at heart. And yeah. you know, those are the teachers that you still keep in contact with. And that's the cool thing about social is being able to stay in contact with those teachers.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: But for you, so um, When uh, so you started out at LSU, you wanted to go into the medical field, then it devolved into teaching. So what kind of happened there?
1: Uh, well, I looked. Um, (coughs) as I looked further ahead, I have um, you know, my aunt and uncle are both physicians, and um, brother-in-law as well. I looked at the the time um, aspect of it, and it, it just. It didn't mold with my personality. Um, I'm not a rigid, structured human being by any uh, <laughs> by any sense. <laughs> um, it just, you know, I sort of took that fast forward and pictured what my life was going to be like in that field, and it just didn't fit. Um, teaching was something that always excited me, and so I just went for it. And, and I think college kids – you know, it's not like it's a point in your life. And I quickly realized this where you have to pick a career and this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's sort of find something that you're interested in, see what works for now, get your career and uh, get your diploma and see what happens next. And what happened next was probably the most important seven years of my life because, you know, being a teacher teaches you a whole lot of things. And, um, it it was certainly not i think some people think oh you know i wasted 7 years of my life i didn't make a career out of this but no i i think it is just a a stepping stone to something else and and um you know real estate could very well be the same thing uh i'm in, i'm enjoying it to the fullest right now um is it something i'm going to be doing in 10 years i don't know i don't know i don't know hey, what 10 years know. is going to bring i think um i think younger people are getting better at this too is is you sort of um don't um don't allow yourself to be be stuck or don't think that any decision is going to um necessarily be permanent you know everything in life the main rule we teach in science you know the laws of entropy everything is moving from (laughs) order to disorder all the time things that things that are true today aren't going to be true tomorrow and you got to keep evolving, but that's exactly what education allows you to do. You know, if not, you have that narrow skill set that's only going to allow you to do a handful of things, and you will be stuck, so to yeah. speak.
0: Well, one of, one of my biggest things, so I graduated with a degree in journalism. That lasted all of six months. You know, I got a job, graduated in May, had a full-time job for a newspaper by the end of July, And was canned by January. You know, got called into the office January 9th, actually. And told I was being fired. Oh, well, this sucks. What am I going to do? And that's what it became was a constant struggle for me personally. uh, Just with myself as far as, well, dude, I just spent five years... And yeah, I said that right. Five years getting a damn journalism degree because, uh, you know, taking the victory lap was important. But um, <clears throat> I, I had to kind of come to terms with, you know, well, what 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 happens to my degree? I'm not really using it because that's when I saw the job for the Anytime Fitness and I was like, all right, cool. Let me take this. And dude, that's still one of the best decisions I ever made. I enjoyed working there. I liked. Similar to you, uh kind of learned a lot about myself in those four years. I was there, made a lot of great connections. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of them being um you know, uh people that I've gone into business with since then. Mm -hmm. So it's it's it was a good journey and you know, one of the things I did before taking that job with any time, I literally texted five or six of my closest friends at the time and I'm like, dude. What do I do? I I have a job offer with another <clears throat> with another publication to continue journalism. And I have a job offer to basically be a general manager of a gym. I don't want to take the journalism job. I was I was fed up, dude. Like yeah. I I wanted nothing to do with it. I did a little tryout basically to they tested me to see how I wrote stuff like that. I wrote two stories for him. And when I tell you, I was sitting in my bedroom almost in tears just because I didn't even want to write the damn stories. I'm like, this sucks, like I've lost all my interest in this. Mm-hmm. So after I talked to my friends, they're like, dude, like I'm not working in the career that I got a degree in. And then person two would say, "Oh, I'm not working in the career or in the career that I got a degree." And I was like, all right, "Yeah, cool." Seems
1: to be a trend. Yeah, yeah <laughs> let me let me jump
0: into this one. That now I feel a little bit better, so I did that. And dude, it's
1: you know, yeah, the the lessons you learn along the way are never lost. They all they all lead to something else, and they they give you experiences or the the connections. You know, a career day I preach to kids that. Um, you know, no matter the sales field, especially, but no matter what you get into, it's, it is, um, you know, they say it's who, you know, but it, it, it's more than that. It's, it's more of what relationships have you created over the years and do they know you and trust you enough? Because you know, in business it's about, you know, people want to do business with people they know and people they trust. There's a trust factor. You know, if you're going to sell your house, you, you know, for most people that is their most valuable asset are you just going to look it up in the classifieds and yeah. hope this guy works out it's like no you you want somebody that you can uh that can that can take care of you and so it's yeah it,
0: and i mean it's the same with with the social media marketing that we that i do for my company and you know it's all, all the clients that we currently have or or have worked with have either a been friends and people that I've been in contact with Mm -hmm. or B been people of those contacts who they were like, no, use this guy. Yeah. So, and kind of playing off that point of, you know, establishing those relationships. I had someone tell me recently the other day, um, you know, not, and this isn't to toot my own horn, but it's just kind of playing off the idea of relationships here. It's, you know, one of the things that this person sees that I do well is while I may not be the best salesman, I can take basically anybody and make them feel like I've been their friend for years. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, you know, I, I see a lot of truth to that like and I look at you as an example. I mean, we didn't talk for shit, dude. Over over 10 years, and then all of a sudden... Probably, yeah. All of a sudden, within a couple of weeks of talking to each other, and I don't even remember what the conversation was, next thing you know, playing flag football on Sundays, being friends again. It's like...
1: It's probably some memes on Facebook. Yeah, probably. Some me- meaningful stuff, you know?
0: Maybe it was Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> 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 but no, man, it's... Uh, but the relationship aspect is... Such an undervalued part of building a business. It's
1: Yeah. And I always hear this this saying drives me crazy. It's like you don't want to do you don't want to do business with family that's and bullshit. friends. It's like <laughs> that's the most backward thinking I can ever like who else would you want to do business with? Anyone else
0: know? is gonna look out for old number one. I mean Yeah,
1: because at the same time when I pick up a client that I don't know it, I'm also feeling sort of okay, I want to help this person, but what's this person think about me you know yeah. are, are they going to be this you know there's some crazy people out there <laughs> dude that's a,
0: and you and i have talked about this in business a lot um and it's just the constant not knowing where people stand you know that's that's my biggest pet peeve in yeah. in life and in
1: business oh, people are I, wishy-washy man it's, dude and it's, it's not uh, even the
0: wishy-washy it's the just tell me where you stand
1: yeah say now don't want to do this. Exactly.
0: Okay. I don't, I don't need to hear <laughs> sunshine and rainbows only to be let down. I, I, you yeah, know? Yeah. If you tell me no, you're not going to burn the bridge. But if you sit there and preach something that's not, then yeah, that's going to be the quickest way for me to be like, all right, I see how you operate now. Like, let's yeah. play the game here.
1: Yeah. It's like I can't force you to sell your house. Yeah. You know, you either want to or you don't. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple. <laughs> we, we were,
0: you know, uh, I was actually having this conversation about you the other day because you know I have uh, been flirting with the idea of kind of jumping into business together uh, outside of what we did for you in Texas. Yeah, and it was it was funny because someone, you know, one of uh, my partners had asked me the other day, yeah, hey, you know, what's the status with Brian? I was like, dude, got a lot going on. I know. You, I was like, he's got parades, he's got all kinds of stuff with real estate, like he's busy, and they were like, well, do you think he's going to back out on this? I was like, no, if Brian's going to back out, he would have told me, I'm backing <laughs> out. I was like, that's the one thing I could say is, yeah. I know where he stands, and if he says it's going to happen, it may be two weeks, it may be a month, but it's going to happen. Yeah,
1: yeah, so, yeah. Yep. Um,
0: but, and, you know, and that's all it is, dude. It's honesty. It's transparency. Like,
1: but it, yeah. you know, it's just, it's part of the business and it's yeah. always, always going to be. But,
0: but other than that, man, um, you know, uh, one thing I'd like to touch on since we haven't yet, we, uh, but you know, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you're also a singer, so you have a band <laughs> and, uh, me and my friends, Right. Me and my friends, yes. So so talk about that a little bit before we wrap up, how that kind of got started. And, you
1: know. Yeah, so we um, – I can remember the day it started. Uh, <laughs> some friends of mine who uh, went to Rumble, went to Jesuit, um, they um, – I ran into Scott. It, it was I was at the gold mine.
0: <laughs>
1: oh shit! To give you a little context, this yeah. is where it all started.
0: <laughs> F- funny side story about the gold mine. So one of my old college professors used to manage the place. So when I was in college, dude, that was my stomping ground. Oh, when we go to New Orleans, hit up the Flaming Dr. Peppers. Flaming Dr. Peppers, yeah, trashed.
1: Well, I was there. Scott, uh, my buddy Scott, showed up. He was. Three sheets to the wind. Um, It was right after a wedding. He showed up there, and he he came directly up to me. He said, "Brian, I'm starting a band." He said, (laughs) and suddenly I said, "Who would be willing to get up and make a fool of themselves?" And it occurred to me, "It's you." (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Called me the next day. That's when it started. Jesus, <laughs> True story. That's amazing. And we were the the head rot Philly Cheppers. We did uh strictly Red Hot Chili Peppers cover um, yeah. cover songs, which I think that's that's still today our bread and butter. Um but now we've kind of evolved into this um cover band that sort of covers anything and everything. You already know about my illustrious rap career. So we do <laughs> literally any music we've um lately things have been tough with everybody having babies you know the time constraints on that but we still play uh we're doing a lot of charity events lately yeah uh so we you know we're not in this to make a million dollars we've done weddings we've done um some bigger events that have paid pretty well uh but we you know we do cuz we love it we actually have one coming up at uh meal brewery on March 18th i believe it's uh it's a cancer benefit for um and a um and special needs a variety of of causes there so that's gonna be fun we're gonna be we're gonna be playing like a three-hour set there nice so, um and other than that it's just kind of whatever pops up local um local bars we've done a lot um during lsu football season up in baton rouge and you've
0: uh you've done the the uh
1: copeland's big charity haven't you yeah the chicken jam we do every yeah. year uh we play that. That's that's an awesome event. Um the Co- that the Copelands put on the Copelands Foundation as uh another cancer benefit, uh, which, you know, is near and dear to my heart now. It was actually it was pretty crazy. The um the day we played the chicken jam was uh Peyton was holding this balloon that said Beat cancer. The next day she was showing symptoms and we found out she had cancer.
0: Oh my God. It was
1: the next day. The timing of it you know to be at a cancer benefit and then find out yeah i mean it was just it was kind of crazy the way uh
0: dude that's surreal yeah, yeah
1: yeah it was pretty wild but so when we find these charity benefits especially when you know it, it comes to cancer it's like we hop on it i mean yeah. no questions asked you yeah. know i'm happy to take some time and we did one at port orleans last month and so this one at the hitting all the breweries and uh get free beer i mean come dude on, hell man.
0: yeah <laughs> Drink and rock out man that's that's life
1: they offered of this this much money. Little did they know they could have gave me a couple beers and I'd have done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's
0: that's awesome, man. Um, and for those of you listening, uh, check out his band, me and my friends. You can also check uh, check him out check him out with EXP Realty. So if uh, you're listening to this, you're looking at diving into some real estate selling, buying, whatever the case may be. Uh, give my dude a call here. Uh, and if you look at the information in this video, I'll publish all of, all his contact info for him. And, uh, dude, appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time. And, you know, he's the rapping biology teacher. (laughs) I mean, what more do you want? Rapper,
1: uh, rapper turned singer, turned teacher, turned realtor. You know, that's my motto. Dude. it is is now anyway living the dream
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's Jimmy's brother from Scottsdale (laughs) thank you for tuning in to the Hotard Huddle podcast stay up to date with all the latest episodes released on the first and 15th of every month at HotardHuddle.com follow us on Facebook and Instagram at HotardHuddle